Hello, hello, and welcome back to the podcast. It has been eight and a half months, my friends. <sighs> and what a wild eight and a half months it has been. Let me tell you. <laughs> Actually, I don't need to tell you, you live in the same world that I live in, and therefore I do not have to outright tell you. <laughs> what a whirlwind, what a world that we live in right now today. And when we last spoke in March, it was March 2nd. 2023. That was the last time I uploaded an episode of the podcast and I'm calling these episodes interludes. This is interlude number two. Um, and the last time that I spoke with you, we talked about how I had just retired my therapy practice. I was in the midst of getting really, really clear on who I am and what I do and how I do it. And I was literally just sharing my journey with you. And, you know, here's the, the thing about being an entrepreneur, a change maker, someone who, as one of my mentors, Andrea Renee, who has been on the podcast back in season one, you know, one of the things that she says is when we're doing countercultural work, because that's what this is. This is countercultural work. And a lot of times when we are change makers, leaders, visionaries, trailblazers, there's nobody else, or it feels like there's nobody else leading the way, like blazing the trail. Like that's literally our job. It's literally our role. And when we're in that place and when we are doing countercultural work, work that is so subversive, like it literally subverts mainstream systems and it, it can feel really lonely, even with supports, it can feel really challenging and it brings up every single fucking piece of mind drama that you could ever, ever have <laughs> as it relates to, but who am I? And how dare I? And is this really it? Is this really the thing? Um, and especially as those of us who are doing legacy-changing, cycle-breaking, visionary, change-making, new world-creating work, it can feel really, really, um, like, yeah, lonely and isolating because it can sometimes feel that, you know, I'm sitting here in front of the mic or I'm sitting behind my, like my Instagram or my Facebook or my LinkedIn and I'm literally speaking into the void. It can literally feel like that at times and then it can get discouraging and then if you have a healthy human brain as one of my mentors Serena Hicks calls it if you have a healthy human brain it is going to freak the fuck out on you it is going to be like well then it must not be working and there must be something else and da 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 da, da. when in reality 
all we need to do is just keep suiting up and showing up and doing the thing and saying the thing and having love and compassion for ourselves and knowing that even when we are straying from the path, that like that is the path. And that is our path and that is our journey. Because when we have assignments that feel really big, really countercultural, really out there, it can be really fucking terrifying. And that's just the reality of it, my friends. It can feel really, really terrifying. And so that's what I've been in the midst of my own process and journey over the last eight and a half months. And um, if you follow me on social media, if you follow my Instagram, or if you follow me on Facebook, then you have been along for the ride. I recently had a conversation with a community member and friend, and she shared with me, she's like, Sharani, it is just so courageous for you to be like doing your work on on like such a public level right to be doing this in per, in public to be exploring to be experimenting to be refining and fine tuning like it is so courageous to do that work and it was so important for me to receive that because there are moments and times that I go into judgment and shame and criticism of myself because I too just like you have been impacted and influenced by systems of supremacy and oppression and have internalized all of those voices that tell me I'm not good enough, I'm not valuable enough, I'm not worthy enough, I have nothing to say, I should just switch my message, nobody's listening, blah, 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 all the fucking things that you might also be familiar with hearing in your brain. And the work and the practice is knowing, okay, this is what's happening, this is what's coming up, okay, is it true? Is it not true? How much of it is true? Is there something for me to do here? Is it just to love up on myself just a tiny bit more? Just 1% more of loving up on myself and having 1% more compassion for myself. Is that the work here, right? And knowing and trusting that no matter what, like it makes me think of um, my episode with Raisa at the beginning of the year, the episode called Legacy. Um, I can't remember, it's season four, and I cannot remember which episode exactly. And we literally like what one of the things Raisa shared with us is that like, there is no wrong answer, like there is no falling off the path, like it literally is the path. This is your design. This is your personal design. This is like your personal book of life. That's what this is. And there's no judgment. There's no shame. There's no shade. It just is. And so if you, like me, have been straying and wandering in the woods for a little while know that it is never too late. It is never too late to realign with who you are, what your soul has called you here to do, and who your higher power would have you be as you are here earth side. Because let me tell you, friend, you being here earth side right now, you chose to be here. 
Your soul chose to be here. You chose to incarnate here. I don't know if I've shared this with you on the podcast before, but there's this thing I tell my husband that I would tell him all the time. Like, I am on my last fucking life right now. I really fucking am because I'm tired. I'm tired of humaning. I'm tired of peopling. I have been here lifetimes before. Like, I swear to God, I feel like I was in retirement. Like, my soul was in retirement on a lovely beach, like, enjoying the lovely weather, like, just relaxing. My soul was in paradise. And God's like, yo, the world is a fucking shit show right now. Everything is like blowing up. Literally, like we're in a time of massive upheaval and change. And so like, would you consider coming out of retirement to like revisit Earth one more time? (laughs) That is literally how I feel that my soul came out of retirement to be here. Now, I don't know how true that is. um, And I do know that I've been here and I've done this before. My soul has been here and done this for lifetimes before. And the fact that I am here again is not by accident. And the fact that you are here at this time is not an accident. You and your soul chose to incarnate in human form right here in our world at this time while we are going through such massive shifts and changes in our collective human evolution is not an accident. And if you are listening to this podcast, then it is even less of an accident. We are not here by chance. We are here Because we were chosen to be here and we chose to be here. And we must always remember that even when we forget. And when we do forget, can we show up with love, kindness, and compassion for ourselves? Can we do that? And so my friend, while I have been off (laughs) wandering in the woods for the last how many months did I say? Eight and a half months while I've been off wandering in the woods um, in all of the brain drama, once again, simply being faced with all of the ways that I have been conditioned and programmed by systems of supremacy and oppression, all of the ways that I have been indoctrinated and conditioned that certain things have to look a certain way and you have to speak about it in this way and you have to have an ideal client avatar and you have to have a this and you have to have a that and all the other fucking things. Um, And when I focus on those external voices, I forget who I am and what I'm here for. Just like you. When you focus on all of the external noise and everything that you have been programmed to believe and all of the conditioning that you have been subjected to and that you have absorbed, when you, when you listen to that outside noise, you forget who you are. And that doesn't mean don't have mentors and coaches and therapists and healers and people who support you along the way. It's to say that your inner knowing and your inner wisdom 
always knows because you have a direct line of communication between you, your source, your spirit and your soul. You have a direct line of communication between all of that and you always know. And when we find ourselves falling for the noise, when we find ourselves falling for the conditioning, when we find ourselves falling into those traps, that is the work. It is the work of further undoing those layers. You know, all of a sudden I'm seeing something um, in my mind's eye. I'm getting this vision of like foundations, the foundation of a building, like that these layers go deep deep, deep, deep. Because if we are building high, if we are going high, and we are evolving, and we are here to make a massive impact. And if we are those beacons, and we are going high, that means our foundation needs to go really, really, really fucking deep. And it needs to be really, really fucking solid. I meant to look this up actually to see how deep of a foundation does one need to have. Um, And, you know, we recently um, built a cottage for my mother-in-law who we live multi-generationally and she has her own cottage now. Um, And I was like, how deep was that foundation? Like my husband and I were talking about it and I asked him, how deep was that foundation? Um, he said it was maybe four feet or so. And that was for a single story building, like a, you know, standard eight foot ceilings, standard, what, four foot um, attic or whatever. Um, so like your standard 12 feet up, uh, let's just say, it had like about a four foot foundation that had to be dug out inside. Now imagine... If you're building a 20-story building, a 50-story building, an 80-story building, a 100-story building, how deep does that foundation have to go? How deep do we have to dig? How deep do we have to excavate? How deep do we have to go within the belly of the earth? to ground and root that building and make sure that the foundation is so fucking solid that nothing, absolutely nothing can topple it over. And depending on where you live, it has a counterbalance inside. Actually, it'll have to have a counterbalance inside no matter what, (laughs) because at a building that tall, it's going to need a counterbalance to, uh, counterbalance the wind and all of that and then if you live in a place where there may be earthquakes or tsunamis that shit's best to stand (laughs) that shit better stay standing no matter what comes at it for the safety of all involved right and so it must go deep and it must be laid so well and it must be excavated so well and that my friend is a lot of the work that is the work that I have been doing um because I am no different than you I am right here 
alongside you doing the same work. I might just be a little bit further ahead than you or in a different spot than you, um, have different knowledge and information than you. That's it. That's the only difference. I don't have anything you don't have and you don't have anything I don't have. But systems of supremacy and oppression would lead you and me to believe that we do. (sighs) Which actually brings me to our topic of conversation for today. If you have been following me on Instagram and Facebook, then you have likely seen that over the last month and what, 10 days now almost, um, so this is what, almost the last 40 days since the October 7th events in Israel and Gaza, it's been, um, yeah. It's been a time to reconnect. It was like that girl quit playing and get serious because you have an assignment. (sighs) And I know that there are a lot of people out there right now and over the past 40 days who have been in a similar space and in a similar experience of but girl, please, but guy, please, but human, please. (laughs) You are here on an assignment. There is no time to mess around. Systems of supremacy and systems of oppression are steeped deep. And they take a lot of excavating. A lot of bringing to light. And so I've been sharing about this on the socials. If you do not follow me on the socials, go find me right now at Sharani M. Batak. Links are in the show notes. Come find me. Come follow me. Screenshot this episode and share it and tag me. All the things. And I've also been really showing up and serving my private email community. Which again, if you are not in my private email community, what on earth are you doing? Uh, Click the link in my bio. I'm sorry, click the link in the show notes and come on over and join the emails. And actually what I'm going to do with this episode, normally I leave the regular link, um, sharanimbatuk.com slash connect. That's usually the link and that's for the general newsletter or the general email list. And what I'm going to do in particular for this episode, you can still go there. And for this episode, I'm going to drop the link for an essay I wrote almost exactly a month ago. And it was a really powerful essay about Israel and Palestine and how what we are seeing right now in the Middle East is our collective shadows being played out on the earth stage with real life human beings. 
and I talk about the shadows of oppressor and oppressed and how we are all oppressor and oppressed. And so visit the link in the show notes and go get the episode or get, (laughs) listen to me. These are unedited episodes, by the way. So you're just getting all of my stuttering and stumbling and misspeaking. Like you're getting it all real raw unedited. Um, Go visit that link in the show notes and sign up to get that email. It was a three-part series. I'm going to tell you a little bit about it today because we are going to be talking about those themes today. Um, And that's what I've been up to. So even though you haven't heard from me, and even though I have been off wandering in the woods, frolicking around, acting confused, in the last 40 days, I have been reminded of who I am, uh, what I came here for, and how I'm meant to serve and support you and the rest of our collective humanity. Uh, Whether people get it or not, I don't fucking care. I'm talking to the people who do get it. And you know who you are. And so I've really been showing up and serving my community um, partially on Instagram and Facebook and also Uh, more importantly, in the private email community. So sign up for that. And what I want to talk about today is that I have had so many conversations over the past 40 days about the situation in Israel and Palestine, about the oppression, about the divisiveness, about the division, about all of it. And more importantly, about how we speak up um, and the fears and everything that comes into play. And so that is what we are diving into in this episode today. And it feels really important to, first of all, just honor and acknowledge the very real, brutal, painful, atrocious situation. Um, Like the word, the plight of the Palestinians is coming up Um, and really acknowledging and witnessing, witnessing the fact that per international law and per the UN standards, We are witnessing an act of genocide and ethnic cleansing against the Palestinian people. We are also witnessing what happens when empire um, not when it's left unchecked, but we're witnessing the destructive forces that control and influence empire. And when I say empire, I am talking about Western empire. I am talking about the U.S. empire. I am talking about the British empire. I am talking about empires and their role in the harm that we see in our world today.
And so I want to first, as we transition into today's subject and the topic of the day, I want to first honor and acknowledge the very real human suffering that Palestinians are currently experiencing and have been experiencing for at least the last 75 years, if not longer. And I also want to honor and acknowledge the pain, the suffering, and the fear that is activated in the brains, bodies, and nervous systems of Jewish people who have seen this before. Who have experienced this before, who have lived and also not lived through this before because they didn't make it. And while I am no expert in the Middle East, I am no expert in politics because, <laughs> to be quite honest, I think politics are a fucking crock of crap where humans are used as chess pieces for furthering whatever agenda uh, is pertinent to whoever has the most money. So I'm not an expert in matters of the Middle East. I am not an expert in matters of politics. I am not an expert in, um, what was it? the Middle East, or of politics, there was one more. Um, Oh, religion, (laughs) world religions, and especially um, the religions of the region, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. Not an expert there either. But what I am is a human, witnessing very real human atrocities, And what I am also is an expert with almost 20 years under my belt. It's been 19 years, friends. (laughs) With 19 years of experience under my belt in human behavior and relationships. And that is the lens that I am bringing to our conversation today. And that is the lens that I am sharing with you from. And so with that, let's take it a little bit deeper. (sighs) Yes, first pausing and breathing to center ground and be present with our nervous systems. Because this is a really, really big subject and a really big topic. And again, there are facts that are very clear. And the facts are that at this point, with over 11,000 Palestinian people killed, and the treatment that they have been subjected to, we are witnessing a very real ethnic cleansing and genocide. We are witnessing what happens when we become apathetic 
when we turn a blind eye, when we get frozen in fear, when we believe we don't have anything to say, when we believe I'm just little old me, (laughs) said 7 billion people. I saw that one on social media. And actually, those are updated numbers, said 8 billion people. What can I do? Said 8 billion people. And it feels really important to just pause here for a moment to allow room for the grief. Yes, because all of a sudden, as I am naming it, I'm feeling into the grief that we are experiencing, that we are feeling, that we are metabolizing that we are healing. And really just noticing where are you feeling your grief? What are you noticing arising in your body? What are you noticing about your thoughts? What are you noticing about the sensations that you're feeling? And can you breathe into it? Can you breathe into it and can you make your breath? A little bit bigger, can you create a little bit more room, a little bit more space for the grief to be here and for the grief to exist? we are witnessing is very sacred. The collective grief, the collective awakening. And it is our role and our responsibility to help metabolize some of that collective grief to help metabolize some of that collective trauma. Because as I told you in our previous interlude episode, that what we do not metabolize, what we do not address, what we do not allow to pass through us, becomes stuck and becomes dis-ease, disease. And in our dis-ease, we do some fucked up shit to ourselves, to each other, to the land, 
to the water, to the animals, to the plants. And therefore, we must do the work to metabolize the grief, the anger, the rage, the fear, the trauma, the pain. We must do that work. As we do our own personal work, the collective changes, the collective shifts. As we metabolize it through, we create little fractals, fractals of places where things are being done differently. fractals of change and when we don't allow ourselves to metabolize release heal digest transmute and reintegrate as new wisdom We further feed the collective shadow. The collective shadow of oppressor and oppressed. The collective shadow of harming each other and ourselves. Because you cannot harm another without harming yourself. I'm reminded of a quote from my mentor Milagros Phillips. You cannot take another person's humanity without giving up some of your own humanity. Like without giving up a piece of your own humanity. It's what researchers call moral injury. And research on veterans has shown that moral injury is the worst type of injury. And people will argue and say that as you witness what's happening and what is transpiring, to not speak up, to not say anything, creates moral injury in yourself. And yet, on the other hand, systems of supremacy and systems of oppression have hijacked our nervous systems in such a way that so many people are frozen in fear. How do I respond? What do I say? And or just watching all of the trauma unfolding before our eyes and being 
vicariously traumatized. The brain does not know the difference between what is real and what is imagined. The brain does not know the difference between what is happening to me and what is happening to another. So when we watch, when we are seeing what is happening, on some level, the brain knows that that's happening to us too. And to not speak up, to not say anything, to not do anything, it creates a whole fuck ton of internalized guilt and shame and blame. And it creates this immobilization response that we have within our nervous systems. The inability to act, the inability to say anything, the inability for any of it. And this is where it is so important for us to slow down, to tend to our nervous systems, to tend to whatever is arising within us. so that we can metabolize that. Like that is the work, my friends. And it feels really important to add here that not everyone's work is to be out there protesting on the streets, right? Some people are called to be out there protesting on the streets. That's their assignment. Some people are called to be calling upon our representatives in the government, to be calling upon the White House, the president, the vice president. Um, some of us, that's our assignment. For some of us, the assignment is learning and educating ourselves. And then educating our children and our families and our loved ones and our friends. For some of us, it's using our platforms like I'm doing right here, right now to share and amplify messages of what's happening and how we heal this. And for some of us, the assignment is some combination of any and all of the above. And I do have to say, do not allow yourself to be bullied or pressured into having to do it someone else's way while also simultaneously knowing and understanding that to not say anything to not acknowledge what is happening is to side with the oppressor. You know, there's so many quotes out there um, from activists who came before us about how silence is complicity, about how in injustice and oppression, your silence sides you with the oppressor. And though that may be true, 
It actually is true. <laughs> Though that is true. For some of us, the work is the internal work. Seeing what is happening and turning inwards. And you know, what's dawning upon me right now is as you see what is happening, as you educate yourself, as you turn inwards, you will know what to say or do externally. You know, one of the things that happened shortly after the October 7th events and attacks was I shared some things, you know, as I said, I'm sh- I've been sharing on social media and I literally was violently attacked in my inbox um, from people saying, that's anti-Palestine and I'm ashamed of you as a brown woman to say that and da-da-da-da-da when literally all I was doing was acknowledging the pain and the loss and the trauma of both groups of people. And when I pointed it out to some of these folks in a nonviolent resistance way, just saying, hey, you literally just did the same thing. The same thing of the oppressors that you oppose out there. You came into my inbox, into my home, with your ideas of what's right and what's wrong, and you attacked me with it. And then you beat and bullied me into trying to do it your way, seeing it your way. And when I lovingly resisted, you attacked harder. You came back with a new set of attacks. (sighs) Because that's what happens. That's what happens when you don't address the fact that you are oppressor and oppressed. Because when left unaddressed, oppressed becomes oppressor and oppressor becomes oppressed. It is a cycle that continues to go around and around and around all from trauma, pain, and wounding. And that cycle must be broken. The spell must be broken in order to see that there has to be a different way. And not that there has to be, but there is a different way. So as I was sharing content very early on, I received attacks that people are ashamed of me and I should be ashamed of myself that as a brown woman, I'm saying these things and as oppressed person, I'm saying these things and da da da, when again, literally I was acknowledging the loss of life um, and the pain experienced (laughs) um, on all sides. 
And then later on, you know, to be told, and those things that you're sharing now are anti-Semitic and that's not okay. And da 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 da. And again, having to go in and look at myself and look at my work, look at where I still had to go develop deeper understanding. And in that phase early on, I had to do some work to revisit what my values are. Love, kindness, care, compassion, connection, relationships. Those are my values. And I also know that we are all oppressor and oppressed. And I also know that none of us is free until even the oppressor is free. Because even the oppressor is under the spell of the very same system. of supremacy and oppression. They just don't know it. So if you are someone who is feeling like, ah, I, I know it's wrong and I'm trying to speak up and I don't know what to say and la la la, well, guess what? All you can say is, this is wrong. This isn't okay. I see what's happening. I'm not going to turn away. And that doesn't mean you go trauma binge. Someone called it trauma porn. Uh, that doesn't mean you go trauma binge and go down that rabbit hole. But it means you don't turn away in terms of look at the numbers. Look at what your officials are doing. Look at who they're silencing. Look at what narratives they're creating. And say this is not okay. Even if it's just a little whisper, this is not okay. Even if you whisper it to your children, this is not okay. Even if you whisper it out there for the earth to witness. I will not turn away. I will not allow for the loss of these lives to be in vain. This is not okay. Because ultimately that small whisper 
becomes a loud roar. This is not okay. This is not okay. This is not okay. And I will stand for it no more. It makes me think of a quote. A mentor of mine had shared it with me. And I didn't catch the whole quote and I didn't quite understand it at first. And she wasn't fully um, saying the actual quote. And so I had to look it up. And it's a quote. I'm going to butcher this last name. But it's from Martin Niemöller. Niemöller? Who says, first they came for the socialists. And I did not speak out because I was not socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists. And I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. And then they came for the Jews. And I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. And then they came for me. And there was no one left to speak for me. And though there is controversy around this person who turns out was a German who at first supported the Nazi government and then later learned, oh yeah, no, this is bad. (laughs) And so there is some controversy around him. Um, And these are words that he shared after the Holocaust as he reflected back on his participation in and moral inventory of his role in not speaking up, not being concerned of being complicit, of not saying anything. And to me, it's just so powerful. When they came for me, there was no one left to speak for me. My friend, let your baby whisper, baby whisper, this is not okay. Because even your baby whisper will eventually grow and grow and grow into that loud roar. That this is not okay. This is not okay. This is not okay. It is not okay that my tax dollars fund this. It is not okay that my government supports this. It is not okay that my government is one of the only governments fucking blocking every deal that there is, every measure, everything that could happen. 
<laughs> and that my government writes me some bullshit canned fucking response when I write to them. Seriously, friends, my gut and my insides were wrenching, twisting up on the insides as I read their fucking inhumane response to my communication. I know it's just their copy paste canned response what they send everyone, but it was disgusting. This is not okay. There's another version of this quote from Martin Niemöller. Um, it's quoted here from the Congressional, from an address he gave the U.S. Congress in 1968, from the Congressional Record, October 14, 1968. He said, when Hitler attacked the Jews, I was not a Jew. Therefore, I was not concerned. And when Hitler attacked the Catholics, I was not a Catholic, and therefore I was not concerned. And when Hitler attacked the unions and the industrialists, I was not a member of the unions, and I was not concerned. Then Hitler attacked me in the Protestant church. And there was nobody left to be concerned. This is not okay. This is not okay. This is not okay. This is not okay. And your voice may shake and your voice may tremble. Your voice may waver. And just keep saying, this is not okay. <sighs> Friends, I had so much more to share with you today. We may need a part two on this. I have a whole other page of points that I was going to make. And I'm feeling that it's important that we prepare to close out this episode right here. And so I will share with you one more quote that I came across. I don't know the source for this one. I've seen it floating around on social media. And it also is a very powerful quote. Slavery was legal. People who freed slaves were criminal. The Holocaust was legal. People who hid Jews were criminals. Segregation was legal. People who stood up for equality were criminals. Legality is a matter of power. Government and laws aren't a guide to human decency and morals. And in another, uh, in another post, it ended, or the last line was different, and it was, never use the state as a metric 
for ethics and morality. And yes, I do believe, my friend, that this is where we are going to leave it. And this is the perfect place for us to pick up next time, because next time what I want to speak with you about is the state slash empire, <laughs> looking at who controls the narratives, looking at what words are used, how they're used, needing to zoom out, not just looking at this one incident or even the last 75 years, but what came before that. We'll talk about all of that next time. And for here and for now, I want to say, I see you. I love you. I hold this pain, this collective pain and this suffering with you. This is not okay. And I am not okay. Until next time, my beloved friend, take really good care and take time to be with this episode. I realized as I was channeling the message for you here that the way this episode is structured is very much the way I facilitate the healing spaces that I facilitate. Energy was moving. The energy work was happening. Things were releasing, clearing. Even the way we titrated and modulated in and out, up and down, slow, gentle, loud, all of that. This is the healing work. And if you are ready to either sit with me privately or be together with me in community, then please reach out and let's see what magic we can create together what healing magic we can create together as we build the bridges to our new world. I love you so much, my friend. You are so loved and we will be together again. Until then, take really good care. Hug your loved ones. Tell them you love them. And keep them close. Keep them near. Keep them dear.
Take really good care. And take care of each other. And with that, I am officially out. I realize I didn't introduce myself at the beginning. This is Sharani M. Batak, your healer, consultant, mentor, and coach on all things communications and relationships. All of the ways that we replicate the patterns of oppressor within ourselves and with each other. Tearing down, breaking down systems of supremacy and oppression. That's what we're doing here. And with that, I'm officially out. Take really good care. And remember, it's okay to whisper.